Welcome, everyone, to the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I am Greg Tito. I am, of course, joined by... Shelly Mazanoble. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Greg Tito. How are you doing? Fine. Remember we talked last week about how I, I asked you if you feel weird when you say your name? And you were like, no, like only weirdos. That might be three weeks ago in, in podcast three time. Three weeks ago. But, yeah, yes, I do remember like that. that. It was just like it was just like a week yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I just... Really? You don't feel weird when you say Greg Tito? I've said it so many times I now do. that it's... I it's, feel like I mumble my name, like... Reasonable. French fried potatoes. Sure, French fried potatoes. See, you can add Sling Blade to your list of uh, impressions that you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good, You're like right? Billy Bob Thornton, only better. Speaking of Billy Bob Thornton, have we you were. been watching Fargo? I want to. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and then I heard season two was even better than season two. We're only on season one. Kate Kate is nodding her head yes. Are you watching I'm afraid to talk because I don't think it's my time to talk. You can talk. That was (laughs) the perfect time for you. It's your time. It's my time. It's always your time to Um, talk. I loved them both. Both seasons. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm so happy for you that you're experiencing them now. I know. I'm really excited. I wish that I experienced them in real time, because then I would just not have to keep buying them from Amazon, but <laughs> it's worth it. It's totally Always worth it. So uh, uh, we have two amazing people here with us. Uh, we'll get to introducing them in just one second, but some housekeeping things before then. Uh, this is the Dungeon Master, Dungeon Masters. Go check out the Dungeon Masters Guild. Yay. It's out. It's now. Everyone knows about it. There's stuff up there. People have been putting stuff on there for the last two so weeks. Cool. Go check it out. Uh, it is an open marketplace for Dungeon and Dragons material set in the Forgotten Realms. For the first time, you'll be able to set things in uh, Waterdeep or Baldur's Gate or you know use the Drow or, or, or all these wonderful uh, things that uh, uh, basically opening up the, the D&D toolbox. It's going to be really fun to see what's up there now, but then also what's going to be up there in the future. I'm really yeah. excited about that. So you go never check know. it out. You know DMsguild.com. Things are being uploaded to it right now. Now I just uploaded something right now. Did you really? Yeah, it's it's the Shelly Mazanoble adventure. Oh my gosh! Yeah, download that one email. It's like inner space. You go inside Shelly Mazanoble's body, which is in the Forgotten Realms. For for now. For now. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. This is how we end up in a rabbit hole. (laughs) 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 And Ryan emails us and goes, "Uh, "Do you want me to edit that part about?" Going through Shelly Mazanoble's body. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no, keep no, it in. That's golden. Let's go. <laughs> that's, that's pure comedy gold. Uh, also, please, if you uh, like the craziness that Shelly and I get up to on a weekly basis, rate this podcast on iTunes. Tell everybody. Uh, give us some constructive feedback if you think we want to do some different things. Uh, but always constructive, please. <laughs> None of that non-constructive feedback. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that just helps us out, get this this podcast out to more people, lets more people know about what's happening with Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we just had an awesome episode last week speaking to Tracy Hickman and Chris Perkins about Curse of Strahd. And we did hear feedback, more Chris Perkins. They want more so Perkins. They we, want- we give the people what they want. They like to be perked up. Yep. That's what I call it. <laughs> when Perkins is on the podcast, you that get perked up. That could be up. a great name for his segment. That's we'll segment. Give him a segment. The perked get perked up, up. <laughs> on the podcast. We're perking up. I like it. Next I like it. On the D and D podcast. So two people who were instrumental in uh, creating the look of Cursive Stride and are perking up D and D and D and D in general are here with us today. So let me introduce our guests. We have Shauna Wolf Narciso, the you. art yeah. director for Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, Hello, Shelley. Thank you. Welcome. And then we also have Kate Irwin, another art director. Yes, that is me. 
Thank you. Thank we you have for a the live applause. Today. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like three's company, except there's four there's of us. Five of well, us. five of us, if you count Ryan, which I never do. Even <laughs> on it's his birthday. birthday, so you should. You should. Okay, today we will. <laughs> so, yeah, we wanted to uh, have you guys on to talk about uh, the look and the art about Dungeons and Dragons, which, you know, it's a, our fans are always really interested. They want to talk about uh, uh, the artwork and, and how it's all put together. Um, but, you know, we don't always get to kind of hear about what, how that all gets made, how the, how the sausage gets made. So that's why we wanted to have you guys on and talk about that. So I, we, you guys are the, the foremost uh, uh, experts on sausage and how it's made. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to say there's no rat excrement involved. However, you no. can cut that part. That's true, but there are rats in Curse of Strahd, right? Oh, well, yes, yeah. but first there's Strahd, and then there's ravens, and then there's castles, and beautiful, beautiful artwork. So, I was responsible and am responsible for the outward facing look of Curse of Strahd, so that was the cover. And what I did was sort of hang out with Chris Perkins, Chris Lindsay, Richard Witters, and Adam Lee to absorb as much as I could about the brand, about Strahd. And then a miracle happened when Ben Oliver, a comic book illustrator from Britain, just sent his portfolio to us and said, so I'm kind of interested. It was like, it was like love at first sight. Mm. That and was before... You, he came to you just kind of? He came to us. Through the ether? Yes, That's through cool. the ether. It was so serendipitous and amazing. Through Art Drop. Otherwise known as the ether. Yes. What is, what is Art Drop? <laughs> yeah. um, Art Drop at wizards.com is a way that people can uh, send us their portfolios. Artists can send us their portfolios. At any and time? At, yep. Oh, that's awesome. Anytime uh, we go through it and the ones that, that uh, we think are really good, we um, send them to all of the art directors so all of the brands um, get it. But Shauna is the one who recognized the brilliance of Ben. Oh, well, I just saw what was right there in front of me. I didn't have to think twice. And What was it about his artwork that uh, uh, kind of spoke to you? You know, it had this cinematic quality to it. It was um, a fresh new look um, for D&D, but also that his ability to not cobble together but compose these really elegant images, not in a literal sense, but in a way that just set your imagination in motion. And when I saw it, not only was it just beautiful, but it, it took me to another place. So he said yes, and it was wow. from then on just a most wonderful union. He was spectacular. So when you work with someone like that, uh, uh, then you obviously try to commission a specific piece of art but talk a little bit about that process. How does that, how does that work? Well, you know, we're working through email. So you have to be able to compose uh, sentences in an order that you know they're going to understand it, they're going to grok what it is you're trying to uh, achieve, and they have to be on board with it. Because if they think that you're micromanaging them, if they think that you're uh, requesting a composition that they have no part in, I doubt that they would be interested in this. Mm. There's a nice fee that's attached to paying for it. I mean, it really is a, a, a bit of commercial art in that regard, but it's for love of the work that fantasy artists do what they do, I think. And when Ben Oliver sent uh, his first sketch in, his first four sketches, I wanted all of them. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna tell you a secret. Okay. We commissioned this piece and we had to nix it because it met every bit of the criteria 
except that um, our director decided that really wasn't what we wanted to capture. Mm. Now, I recommissioned it and got something just as beautiful. Not better, but just as beautiful. So I was pleased with both. And fortunately, with Kate's help, we got that piece back into the book, too. Not on the cover, but... The first one? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's gorgeous. So um, Ben was a dream to work with. I would work with him again in a heartbeat. There so how, what's the timeline for when you first start communicating with Ben to when he turns over, say, his first sketch? You know, a normal timeline is about um, six to eight weeks, but it's it's on their timeline because they've got obviously commissions that are coming in. So I might get six to eight weeks in a year down the road. But those, uh, so there's a back and forth. The sketches go through that series of reviews and that might take four weeks and then two more weeks to do the final. And then the review as it goes through imaging, the piece gets reviewed and placed. And at that time, we're also still working on the cover design so knowing what we know, it's very helpful to have that information in advance where the text is going to fall. Uh, because we knew that in advance, what we could do with Ben was give him full reign to provide whatever he wanted. And like I said, we got the best sketches ever. Uh, we might be able to share those I with you later. Just ask. Can yeah. we maybe see them? They're really that beautiful. Would be cool. And he's also done four, three and a half web banners for us that will show up um, as the campaign makes its way through. Um, yeah, I think I think players are going to love what they see. I did. I fell in love with them. So, Curse of Strahd has a bit of a different feel than the other uh, uh, adventures that we've done for Fifth Edition so far. So, what was it like, you know, commissioning specifically gothic horror kind of style things? Feel free to. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm involved in the interior of the book, so there are a lot more pieces that have to be commissioned. Um, so I have a stable of, of artists that I, I'm working with for the interiors. And I, I wanted people, first of all, that were reliable. <laughs> and um, it's the number one thing every yes, time. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, and then that, that had the right aesthetic um, for D&D in general. But then there needed to be something kind of dark underlying um, their work. So even if it's a portrait of a pretty young girl, there's still something that's kind of quirky about it. And there are a lot of portraits in this book. Um, so each one has to show a little bit of personality. And I got personality in spades with the, the, the people who worked on these. I, I'm just amazed. Um, as Shauna was saying, when you get sketches and um, and sometimes, you know, you have to approve the sketch before you go to final. But the sketches, I, I would be like, what what did they do here? And they they're adding things. They're they the artist has to bring themselves to the piece, mm -hmm. and that that also speaks to Shauna's comment about they have to be engaged in it. You don't want to micromanage them. Right. So um, we give them a, a description that's you know, a short paragraph of a description that has all of the pertinent information needed for the adventure. And then they can kind of go from there and you never know what you're going to get. I was telling Shauna about a piece <laughs> that I love. Um, Chris Seaman did a piece called Pickwick 2. I think that was his name, Pickwick. Mm -hmm. um, he's like a little animated doll. Um, and he's, he's obviously evil uh, <laughs> when you look at him, but he, he gave him a little row of dead mice uh, along his belt 
And that wasn't in the art order. That isn't in the story. It's just another creepy little thing. And there are a lot of things that he did. So if you're looking at that image, pick it apart. You'll love it. Well, that's but, cool. Um, yeah, just... I love that. Yeah. It, it all comes down to picking the right artist. It kind of reminds me the way you guys, uh, you know, work with the artist to, to get the right piece of art. It, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but it sounds like a dungeon master leading his players where he wants them to go. But you have to oh, kind of just, yeah. oh, if the players want to do this specific yeah. thing, they're going to want to do that specific thing. And sometimes that leads to great storytelling and sometimes right. leads to not great storytelling. And then you have to be like, all right, let's do something different. But like, yeah. it sounds like that's what you're basically wrangling players in a way to, yeah. to come to the, the The one difference is, is, is if I foresee it's leading to, <laughs> I have to nip it in the bud yeah. and and. You have to be the uh, bad DM into, who's like, get yeah. off of my table, uh, get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Chandelier has fallen on your head. <laughs> but we talked about it. It's it's our responsibility. If we can't get it right, it's on us. Uh-huh. And it's up to the art director to get it right. If you didn't hire the right artist, it's not the artist's fault. No. And if you, the piece comes in and it's missed the mark, again, although the artist, in effect, in quotes, pays for it, mm-hmm. uh, it's really the art director. It's on the art director to mm-hmm. get that thing right. And if we misstep, oh, everybody's a critic. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> I'm not a critic. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, uh, we've talked a little bit about commissioning artists, but, w- I mean, what does your day-to-day kind of, uh, I mean, you know, if someone were to say, I, I'm an art director on Dungeons & Dragons, what does, that, what does that mean? What is your day-to-day kind of activity? Well, as... Uh, my, my title is actually creative director and compared to Kate's art director. And what that really means is I'm more involved on the strategic end of the direction where she's more involved in the tactical. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both have to keep our eyes and ears open as to what's going on with the brand, but um, because mine is more outward facing, because I have to respond to what it is the players want uh, in the marketplace, it's more important that I hear what marketing and sales is talking about, whereas Kate, involved inside the book, is responding to what the needs of the story are first. Um, From the day-to-day interactions, it's a constant series of interruptions. (laughs) I guess it's pretty, pretty, yeah, Shelley. It's from us, mostly. (laughs) Yeah, but they're all welcome. You you just want to give them all 110%, and that's where the strategy comes in. Like, you weigh it and think, all right, how much time and energy are we going to put to that? Um, as far as like the graphic design of things, the re- request will come in, say, from you, Greg, and it'll mm-hmm. be, I need to get this put together for the next press release. Right. Um, and after questioning you on as many details as I can figure out what it is you think you want, then I'll try to figure out what it is you really need. <laughs> and then I turn to Emmy, and Emmy Tanji, I really... Both Kate and I are so so great, grateful and Penny's lucky. She's the best. She's the best. Yes. She's just she's brilliant every every day, uh, and she comes up with solutions to those graphic design problems that we might not have anticipated or expected. So it's I mean it's a beautiful collaboration that takes place in order to get you what you might think is the simplest thing. That's a very good distilling of, mm-hmm. of, of finding out <laughs> what you think you need because I oftentimes don't know what wow. I need. I just need this X art. Right. I mean, for someone like myself who's not, I mean, I'm very a visual person, but I'm not 
art person. Like, I'm not very good at expressing myself or, or whatever. So it's always great to have, you know, uh, these great art director minds to be yeah. like, oh, that's what you really are trying yeah. to say. It's all about that dialogue. It yeah. isn't, it, it isn't mm-hmm. directing you to land on something fast. It's the conversation that takes place. It's so exciting. And for some people, I imagine that's just stultifying. But for Kate and me, it's just kind of where we like to be while we're working on the brand. Mm. So UK, what about so in, in, in dealing with the, the the inner workings of of the book, especially with Curse of Strahd, what was it like going well, back and forth with people on this? Um, so so like you were talking about what what's an average day yeah, like. Right. Um, last week I was finishing up Curse of Strahd. I was um, obviously this is a little time in the delay. Weeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh right, yeah. We are in the future yeah, here. Is this yeah. what we're <laughs> um, I okay, so I was finishing up Curse of Strahd. I was getting sketches for the next book. I was going over the contents for the book following that, as well as uh, working with licensors on things like minis and board game and um, uh, video games, um, all kinds of assets going back and forth. So um, a lot of my time and and probably about a. Th- third of the day is in meetings. Oh, right. I forgot the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of meetings, where, a lot. but a lot of the good information, like you were talking about, the back and forth sort of stuff, what do you really need? Uh, so, you know, we're not just designing in a vacuum. That's mm-hmm. the most important part. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of people in and out, and a lot of different um, products that you know, you're focusing on one thing, and then you're like, okay, switch gears, focusing on something else. It's all D&D, but it's just different um, different buckets of D&D. Yeah, it's really, really important to hold on to the straightforward motion of D&D. When 5th edition erupted, the most important thing about it, from my viewpoint, was that it maintained this very clean, uh, streamlined, uh, renovated look. Uh, it was like taking a muscle car right off the, the front line and redoing it with state-of-the-art interior, but the exterior was so, it had to be just polished to perfection. So you'd hear the low roar of the engine, but you, you wouldn't be thinking, oh, that was way back when. You'd be thinking, that's for here and now. It's contemporary. So the look of 5th edition, we hold on to it really hard, but that's invisible to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know quite how to describe it, except that uh, it, again, it, it's like you can't be mucking about changing direction every three minutes just because you're tired of it. You have to hold on to it. You have to keep repeating it so people can recognize it at every turn in any space that that's D&D for the here and now. It's not the retrospective. It's not looking backwards at uh, 44 years ago. Is that what it, what it is now? 40. 41. 41. 42, I guess, right? Because okay. it's, so it's 42. Is, I added yeah. a few years because I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we hold on to that really hard. It's really easy because you can get bored. You can get mm-hmm. bored working with uh, the same look and feel all the time, but that's the most important thing is to maintain that consistency. Do you think uh, uh, the look and feel of fifth edition has, has evolved a little bit? Or is that what you're trying to say? That it's actually stayed consistent and fresh and have, with a new coat of paint? Uh, I think it stayed consistent. I think it stayed fresh. It has evolved a little bit, but in places where it's recognizable, where we're just, oh, we didn't get to that part to polish it up a little bit, so let's do that now. Mm. Um, But we're not turning around and bringing back the sort of fantasy, the traditional fantasy tropes that 
people remember from 3.5 and 4 and, you know, oh, I remember back when. No, this is new. This is different. This is fresh. And Richard Witters is a huge part of this because mm -hmm. he is reimagining, for example, what Demogorgon looked like for... Um, Rage of Demons. Rage of Demons. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. Uh, it, it's like for Richard, things are in the here and now. Like you could turn around, enter a swamp, and find him if you looked hard enough. Okay, fine. Richard, you could find. You could find Richard with Demogorgon. <laughs> in a swamp. In the swamp. In the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could, yes. Do they have swamps in Canada? <laughs> Richard is Canadian, and so we always like to Poor joke. Richard. Poor Richard. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, 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 I, I, the thing that really latched onto what you just said was that it's invisible to so many people, uh, and I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a testament to your guys' great work in some ways. Like that, the fact that you're able to 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 put this new coat of paint on them, but so many people are just like, "But this is D and D, and it's awesome." Right. And I think many of our, our readers have been very excited and our listeners have been very excited about Dungeons and Dragons and, and, and fifth edition, not realizing the, the kind of effort that you guys put into it to make it look, feel kind of brand new, but not something not that they've strange. never seen but before. It's all strange. very intentional. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it There's is. There's a lot of everything. I, the placement of an ampersand on a water bottle. It's really thought about. It has been thought about. <laughs> it has it's been. True. Like how big, where is it? Yeah, and if there's one thing side. you know when the brand has been mishandled is when you just start to see it on everything, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. I mean, how many times can you see Star Wars out there where, what's the hookup with that? How did that sync with it? However, Richard just gave me a really wonderful new pet toy that's a little Ewok, which oh, happens to kind of look like our dogs. Yes. Yes. So um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, it's a that's good, good connection there. That, that, one, has that a good one works. That's a good one. You might not think Star Wars and pet toys, but I, I do actually. I do. I yeah. mean, yeah. Star Wars and Mac and Cheese? That's a little weird. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's why I'd like to and introduce the new Dungeons and Dragons mac and cheese. <laughs> 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 little ampersands that amp you yes, can eat. I love yeah. it. See, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Your inside is like, no, no. <laughs> Don't Sorry, do it, Greg. Really, oh, she would sweat over those like, two centimeter shaped. ampersands. Yeah. We have marshmallows. So the main cereal is the ampersand, the marshmallows are shaped like little monsters. Yeah. We're, we're coming up with new products okay. here. Okay, Sorry. No, it's good. Time. Kate, I think we're going to talk offline on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a meeting. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> we'll get Richard and, and Emmy involved. Well, and one, of the, one of the places where we do some more exploration, and I know you were going to talk about it at some point or another, so I'll bring it up now. Do it. Are the covers for Dragon Plus. I love those oh, covers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the construct behind all the Dragon Plus covers is let's find an artist who's got something to say and have him reinterpret the dragon ampersand. By the way, where did that idea come from? Because I remember when we, it was from you, like to have an ampersand on every cover reimagined by a different artist. Well, yeah. Because I'll love it. <laughs> okay. Because it's awesome. It. Okay, it. okay, yes. It, it, no, it this is not me. the time for humility, Shauna. I'm just, yes, it came from it me. It was you, okay. It came from me, um, but it's, successful, I think, because of those artists. So our first ampersand was the straight-up D&D ampersand that, again, Emmy took and turned it into something a little bit more beautiful. Mm -hmm. The second one, and this one I give full credit to Emmy on, is she said, you should call Hydro 74. 
who's also known as Joshua Smith, mm -hmm. and have him do it. And, oh, wow, he just knocked that thing straight out of the park. Was he someone that she or you had worked with before? She had admired his work for years. Oh. So well, I took... How wonderful that you, you get to, like, actually, yeah. like work with people whose work you've admired and like what That's, a great relationship you're just yeah. starting turns with. out big D and D goob mm -hmm. totally They're just everywhere. captured it loved what he was doing and uh, we get to interview them in Dragon Plus so we get to find out what's behind all the thought processes yeah, those are my favorite articles because they, 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 almost all of them do have some connection to Dungeons and Dragons. So they're not like creating it in a vacuum or doing it just purely for commercial reasons. They actually are like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. And you get yeah. to interact with this brand using their own specific style. Yeah, and too. in that case, we are so just not micromanaging them. Mm -mm. We just definitely, like the next commission was with, the, I'm going to butcher oh. your name, Virginie, Virginie Ropar. My favorite thing. Oh, my God. that And that came together just like, in heartbeats of time, she She's worked on a that French artist She's who made the statue of Zagatmoy Zagat yes. with the ampersand wrapped around Zagatmoy's neck. Yeah. So it synced up with the campaign Rage of Demons. There's Zagatmoy, our uh, demon lord of rot and decay, with an ampersand who is a dragon that she has tamed. Um, working with Virginie was uh, straight up the smoothest commission I've ever experienced. She put everything into it. Uh, she said, I'd like to put some text around the base of the, of the sculpture. Is that okay with you? And I'm like, I just have a new font called Infernal. Let me hand it off to you. And she painted that thing. I have to say, never before have I experienced something so absolutely perfect. And then it arrived, and we... Oh. I can't believe we have the physical we have, thing. We have it. It's so amazing. She sits with me, but she's creepy, and I have to keep turning her. <laughs> oh, her back to me. A few weeks ago, we had her on the uh, on yeah. the D and D live stream. Uh, I, I, Moy was 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 part of it. Uh, was part of the story. So I, I I had to take advantage of having the actual physical. Like that is my representation of of, of So it was it was great having. But I was so worried about having the physical statue. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to drop this. It's, oh, it's amazing. It's ama I love She's it. She's amazing. And we discovered Virginie just through the, the Spectrum, which is a book of contemporary fantasy art. Um, Google that girl. I swear to God, she will knock, you, knock your eyes out. Just drop Don't, dead gorgeous. She'll knock your eyes out. She <laughs> said she'll knock your eyes out. <laughs> well, who knows? Did she okay. have any experience with D&D? No, okay. uh, her her actual experience. Well, I would say it was fairly fairly personal. Is that her boyfriend was a big D and D fan. Oh, okay. So that's close enough for me. Yep. <laughs> Plus, she did capture Zagatmoy. She took her I and know. reinterpreted that. But you had. I mean, what kind of direction did you give her to uh, explain? Because it's hard to explain D and D to somebody who's never played D and D, and then now you're talking about these demons, and now you're talking about this mushroom lady who's a demon, and how do you how do you convey? Because like you said, just you, like she that. nailed her. Just like that. I did send her good reference. Go we had some great reference from um, previous work. We had Richard's brand new interpretation mm -hmm. of, of Zagat Moy, and uh, she immediately recognized that this was totally in her wheelhouse to do. Yeah. Um, when I asked her about how she was going to be treating the ampersand, she said, well, you know, I just imagined that it was alive, and she was taming it with her poisonous mm. what spores, spores I yeah. guess, right? And then she sent me pictures step by step of how she was painting that thing, and sure enough, that 
ampersand came alive. It really did. Yes. Yes. Tamed, but alive. Uh, I'm not my favorite is the leathery huh. kind of texture that she added yeah. to it. Yeah, it's yeah. really. I like her eyes. Her eyes. Those eyes are just yep. creepy beautiful. Well, I'm going to marry her. Zuggy? What? Yeah. All right, well, watch out for what your children might be because. <laughs> oh, wow. I really like mushrooms. They're good. Oh, okay. Be careful that she's not poisonous. Either that or just stay, no bite, no biting. No biting. Yeah. No. So just to, just to go on a little bit more about the covers, because there's yes. just a few more. Oh, yeah. Um, so the next cover um, was a, our digital uh, exploration. So Nick Bartoletti, uh, our, one of our... Also well, a genius. Also a genius. Art, well, he's an art director and doer of many things here at Wizards. He uh, synced us up with Lars Larson, who is a uh, designer, owner of LZT Industries. And Lars created a circuit board that could be a circuit, a working circuit board if we'd given him enough time, but we only had a month. <laughs> and he turned out that most amazing piece. So you have to go online and check it out. Yeah, yeah. check it out on Dragon. And then after that came Todd James, who was our, our hookup with the, the graffiti world, I guess. Lots of great t-shirts out of that one. Yeah, you can check those out on mishka.com. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And now here we are with the most contemporary one, which would be Curse of Strahd. That's right. And Chuck Lukacs' work. And Chuck, oh, forgive me if I, I love that mis mispronounce your last name, but yeah, that one. And he was the illustrator, which I, I, did, I just learned this today, that he's the same illustrator who wrote, uh, did the Taroka cards. The entire That's, deck, yeah. Yes, all 54. Mm -hmm. So did you work with him on that? I didn't. That was a project between him and Richard Witters. Uh, Richard commissioned with him, and uh, somehow or another, he agreed to do 54 pieces of art over the summer. And um, is that a lot? Is that a lot for an artist to do? That is a heck of a lot. I um, I usually top out at 10 if they're small mm, per artist. Per artist, like five or six is my normal top. So uh, 54 is a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yes, um, but they're beautiful. Every single one is unique and beautiful and um, they there's so much story imbued in each image um, I I can't speak highly enough this is it's a better product than I imagined it would be when we were first talking about it yeah it's just gorgeous yeah. yeah I love I love them too they're so evocative and uh, I'm excited for people to get the uh, uh, physical Taroka deck from our partners at uh, Gale Force 9 they'll be making that yeah. it'll be out when the adventure's out so Cool. You can have a physical uh, a deck of cards that you can, you know, you can yeah. use during your adventure, but then also just do some some readings just make, for fun. Make a little extra money on the side. <laughs> we, we do show them in the book, but um, it's better not to cut up your book. Right. Um, get the deck, and then you can shuffle them and and throw them at your friends or whatever it is that you yeah. guys were doing. <laughs> Predict great things. Predict yes. amazing things, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can get, uh, those of you, before the adventure comes out, you can actually get some previews of those art, uh, those pieces of art from uh, our Twitter handle. If you retweet uh, uh, the, we, we're calling it the Madam Ava, but it is going to be the official Wizards account, uh, using the hashtag DD Fortune, you will get a unique fortune for that day with a one of the 54 cards drawn specifically for you. Nice. And I'll be using that as my daily horoscope. Well, Going yeah. forward. <laughs> Forever. Yes. Everything that, that uh, uh, Madame Ava tells me, I know will come true. <laughs> For sure. Maybe just in, in Barovia. Just in Barovia. All right. That makes sense. 
Don't go to Barovia. <laughs> it's very Sorry, beautiful, though. I didn't though. say that. Go to Barovia. Have a great time. <laughs> That's Get their, some, their official. Some nice Logan. dinner. I'm too chicken, but you all go to Barovia. <laughs> Send a postcard. I wrote other questions, but I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> the ones with the dots by them are your questions. Okay, there's there the ones that are my questions. Oh, yeah, so, uh, uh, so we were talking about the inside of the book. Uh, uh, what, what's it like doing that final push, getting everything ready to go to the printer and, and, and get it all ready? Working with the team, what's it like? It's crazy. It's, it's wonderful, but um, there, there's so much that comes down right to the wire. Um, we're still... Um, so at the at the very end of it, it's mostly Emmy Tanji, Jeremy Crawford, and Christopher Perkins, and me, and we're passing uh, files between each other. Um, Chris is looking at content. Jeremy's looking at um, Jeremy's looking at everything because he's he's our our. Yeah, he is the editor. So um, he's he's looking at everything, making changes in the files, handing them off to Emmy in case it's in any way moved the graphic elements, or um, sometimes it's even a greater thing than just changing a few words. Um, we rearranged a couple of the chapters uh, in the week before we actually sent it to the printer, like Whoa. totally rearranged <laughs> So Is that typical? Um, it's not that. typical, but it's not it's not weird. Mm. Um, it just you know you, when you're looking at the entire book, once everything is laid out and you're looking at everything, you can kind of see where um, things aren't flowing right. Like there's a little eddy here where things are kind of bunched up, and this part looks a little airy. Well, if we move this here, we can do that, and so so we're just kind of shifting things around and. Um, Jeremy is a king of of um, adding of zhuzhing, <laughs> adding information, vacuuming out extraneous stuff. Um, he, it's just amazing what he and Emmy can make fit in 256 pages, um, <laughs> because that that is our constant. That can't change. So we know that we just have to mold everything, mm. and then. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's mostly the files are going between uh, Jeremy and Emmy, and Chris and I are reviewing things, uh, making sure that that everything uh, is con content. But this one was odd in the fact that our final review happened on the actual day that it was uh, going to pre-press, right oh. before it went to the printer. So um, usually we have a little bit more time in there, but. There were so many. There are so many wonderful things in this book, uh, little moving parts that um, I think when you when you see the layout, you'll kind of go, "Oh, I see what she means." But um, like there are um, there are sections called Fortunes of Ravenloft, and they have a little icon that goes with them. And um, the opening of each chapter is is just the entire the entire book is is luscious. Um, that was the word. It was very yeah. lovingly and carefully crafted. Yeah. yeah. I was a witness. It was, it was kind of. <laughs> so when we were doing the core books, um, there, there was a lot of hands-on stuff that we were doing. Um, but the, the previous adventures, we were working with partners. So they were doing a lot of that work. Right. And then, um, and then it would come back to us for the, the very final go-through. Um, but this is the first book that we're doing uh, all, all by ourselves again, mm -hmm. and um, 
so it it just has it has a, a homecoming kind of feel to me. Mm -hmm. and I, I hope that people like it as much as I do. Obviously, I'm kind of geeky about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it, what is it about uh, uh, Strad other than it being you know the uh, uh, you know holy holy crafted in house that that you fell in love with? It's um, well, it's a wonderful story, and and there's a romance about the Gothic. It's not it's not like. A, English Gothic. It's more of a European Gothic. So there's something that's a little, um, a little other about it. It's not not necessarily what you would expect. Um, we we traded on on um, the bedrock of what Ravenloft is uh, a lot for this adventure. So I don't, I think that people who love the original adventure won't be disappointed, and I think that people who are new to it uh, will love the story too. Um, it's, oh, maps. Don't forget the maps. Oh my gosh, there are so many maps in this book. <laughs> um, maps. It is it is full of maps. Um, Mike Schley did uh, a bunch of maps. There's there's actually a, a poster map, two-sided poster map that's sewn into the book. Whoa. So you get that. One side has uh, cool. a conglomeration of Mike Schley's maps. The other side is a reinter reinterpretation of Castle Ravenloft, which is a... Um, a collaboration between uh, an architectural artist named Francois Beauregard and Ben Wooten, who um, has done a lot of art for us yeah, uh, in the past. Name. Yeah, so um, they just, all three of them just did beautiful work on the maps throughout. So when you're talking about an iconic setting like Ravenloft or iconic characters like Strahd or locations like Castle Ravenloft, is that easier or more of a challenge for an artist to reinterpret those, knowing that there's so much history behind them? Or is this like a, yes, I'm gonna sink my teeth into this, I can't wait. I think it helps that that we do a story guide um, before any project. And so there was a story guide for this. So anything that we were reinterpreting ourselves, um, we had reference for that. So, um, you know, we've done Strahd a variety of different ways in the past. Right. Um, this straw doesn't look like Count Dracula. Um, so it, he looks like Count that, Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to making cereal again. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually just like the Count from Sesame Street, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what Whoa. it looks like. <laughs> I'm afraid that's really not how it came out there. <laughs> that wasn't He's one really... of your reference points? No. Uh, <laughs> But he could be considered Count Chocula's sexy, more attractive, charismatic older brother, if you okay. like. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Did Count Chocula have a sexy, attractive older brother? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he did. <laughs> What's his name? Part of the story. Strahd von Zerovich. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that leads me. We can wrap this up with this this final question. Do you like Strahd? Do I like Shauna, do you like Because I've heard you refer to him as as, as charismatic many, many Very, times. Yeah. Just under the spell. I'm, Are you I'm, under the spell? No. I, I'm not so stupid as to think that I shouldn't be scared of him. I recognize the fact that when you uh, come in contact with the man of that particular power, you stay far away. You can be entertained. But can you, Shauna? Can I? Can yes. you stay <laughs> far away? Watch me. All right. All right. What, what about you, Kate? Oh, I'm in the same camp. So, <laughs> you know, if you if you talk about if you talk about just the art, which is hard for me to disengage from the story. Right. 
but like uh, Shauna's handsome man, Strahd, um, is extremely attractive. And and then again, I know that he has that char charisma and um, I probably wouldn't be able to help myself, but I think there would be a little voice in the back of my head screaming, get away, hide in the Vistani wagon and go out through the East Gates, go. Like, mm, That's awesome. No. What about you, Shelly? Oh, I, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I am I, down. I'm in. I'm 100% tame him. Yes. No, I wouldn't even go into it with believing that. I would just be like, yep, this is it. We're going to live forever. <laughs> As vampires. Yay. <laughs> I like awesome. to sing on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, before it's been Hollow Notes, mm -hmm. but now it's, uh, that was fame, right? That was the theme for yeah. fame. Thank you, okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Do well, you? No, answer the question. I, uh, <laughs> yes, I think I would. I would be uh, enticed by, by Shrod. Mostly because of that, uh, the cover image. I know, so, that's all I'm picturing. If you just saw that image sitting on a park bench somewhere, you'd be like, I'd be like, who is that you? guy? And yeah. I want to, you know, it, you know from, from my perspective, it's more like, I want to know how he does that magic. Like, how does he, you know, how right. do you get that power? Hmm. Yeah, I would, I would want to pick his brain a little bit. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, no, you're crazy. Bye bye. But it's too late. But it's too late because we're already in. We're already yeah. in. You're going to live forever too. It was nice to know you guys. <laughs> As we watch Kate fleeing out of the East Gate. You two are very smart. Me and Shelly are Don't very. Don't tell him where I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much uh, 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 for taking the time to <laughs> so share right? about art. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. That was and awesome. Thanks for the work you do. It's yes. very, very it's our beautiful pleasure. and appreciated. 100% our pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully it won't now be invisible to the people listening to this podcast. They'll take a look at the books and they'll see and they'll I'll think about the care and and, yes. and, and well, yeah. they should simply message. enjoy the art. Then yeah. just enjoy the yes. yeah. enjoy the hell. Just love it. And and lick it also. And no, don't lick your books. It'll fall apart. Unless you're Ryan's son. Unless you're Ryan's son. Yes, of course. All right. This feral child. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. That's I guess that's it, Shelley. Yes. So if you guys uh, want to find out more about stuff about Dungeons and Dragons, please follow uh, at wizards underscore D&D. Uh, you can ask me any questions you want. I'm at Greg Tito. Shelly is, of course, at... Shelly Moo. Shelly Moo. Yeah. Made sense at the time. Are you guys on, uh, on any uh, uh, Twitter or, or things you want to pimp out? No. No? You can't find these, these, these two but wonderful ladies. But Art Drop. They could if but they're art drop. artists. Yes. They can. Yes. How does that work again? If you're... If... if um, if you are a good and professional artist, um, you can send your portfolio digitally to us, um, either link to your website or uh, attach the files. Um, and the address is artdrop, A-R-T-D-R-O-P, at wizards, W-I-Z-A-R-D-S, dot com. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks, you guys. Thank you. That's been a podcast. Bye.